Okay, here we are. We are live with our 78 from Winnicott. But this is a special <laughs> new edition of Double Tuesday. We here? Double Tuesday. Let's do yeah, it. Say hello on our Facebook Live. Shalom, shalom, holy brothers and sisters. There's Avi Abelo in the house. First time appearance in our Muna class. Exciting. We're in the studio. Tuesday, 12 p.m.-ish, live. Very big opportunity now on a weekly level to make this class happen. It's going to get, please God, on the general platforms, edited and put out there at some point, either the end of the week or the new week. But the pleasure, pleasure of going live from Rav Sholem Orish's wonderful studio in Jerusalem, in the holy city itself. It's come all the way from where? Efrat. Avi is joining us from Efrat. I had the pleasure to meet in person there a few times now for Shabbat. Nachon, nice Shabbos. Beautiful, beautiful time. And this Amunah class is dedicated to the success of our special guest, Avi Abelo, and his wonderful family. I've had the pleasure to meet also. We're very excited to do this. And uh, we're going to go now into the focus on unity and Amunah, which will bring us to peace in the Holy Land. Is that Amen. right? Amen. That's the mindset and the drive of what we're doing today, that it should be about unity and peace because those are difficult, let's say. Difficult, but it's getting easier with each day. It's getting easier for people to wake up and see it. So that's what we're, we're trying to bring people there to, to open up their eyes. Amazing. So we're going to discuss it as time goes on in the class. First, let's go through some of the feedback. Um, we p- welcome you all joining us in the Holy Land in Eretz Israel. We have an Instagram Live, Facebook Live, and once again, we're going to go live on all our platforms over the next week with the audio and the edited visual. We appreciate your inspired blessings and feedback. That's why we go through it every week. We know it's important to us and to you, and we wish you a full shlema, full healing. Remember, you can dedicate these classes. We're wishing to Rav Shalom Ben Yemna, also to Tila Rifka Bas Masha, and to Chana Bas Frida. Amen. These classes are for the elevation also to the pure soul of Gedalia son Yerachmil, Daniel ben Gedalia. We hope to see him soon, some point in the Holy Land. There was discussion of that, and it would be a pleasure to be able to host him also in person. We appreciate your dedication to our Muna class, to the Rav's teachings. We wish everyone a meaningful three weeks, which is approaching. We did ask in the previous class that we, and, the, and my own personal class that we could turn around these three weeks approaching the Bainam Sarim into days of joy and Simcha and Mashiach but we're still just a f- how long now like five six days away so we're in that pre-game and we hope that we'll be able to pull the kind of unity that will get us out of this exile Amen. healthy energized summer days and tamas days with amuna we are sharing amuna global that's the uh tagline amuna global get it out there now here's the feedback i follow you breasts of spanish with with Rav Sholem, uh, sorry, we have Jonathan Galad as well, but I can see and listen, all you guys are amazing. We are watching from Ecuador, we are learning, thank you, excellent, I never looked that way before, more than just a religion. Amazing. So that was in reference, I think, to Rudy Rochman, who came by. Uh, Smart great dude. Guy. Yes, great mission. Yeah. Rudy has a special vibe. Baruch Hashem, he should live until 120 more years of Baruch and Kedusha. Right now he's on the road again, so we pray for his protection. Thank you. Being an inspiration, Hashem bless you and Rabbi Orish as well and all the breast lovers. And there's all these heart images and all that stuff. Exile is the lack of a muna, Rabbi Orish wrote. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Hashem. May the whole world be blessed of a muna. That's our most recent Rav Orish clip. We do apologize. We haven't been able to put up as many. But we'll get back to, I'm sure, soon. The content is always going up and down, just like our Amuna as we put up a new clip from the Meaningful People podcast. They posted from this class. They just put it on their Meaningful Midnight. Minute. That's the actual group. Sorry, not, not the podcast. The Meaningful Midnight group. I mean, they're all one, one guy, Nochi. But he put up a clip of Nissim in our studio, and they edited myself out. Very appreciative. <laughs> no hard feelings. But the blessing is that... Um, the message got out there of Amuna Global, and that's what we're working on. Every other platform, please, God, is welcome to share what we're doing here because the message is a global message and a universal message, which we're going to discuss. We do believe that the universal message is what one of the keys to bringing that unity and peaceful process here. Now, Shalom Rabbi from Sydney. Yes, the guest was fantastic. I will pray for you and your family and the Rabbi blessing to you all. Hashem bless the Holy Land. We're all family, all one. And yes, learning is a great way to pray to Hashem. Mazel tov to your son. Yes, that's big, big news. 
We dedicate this class also to Baruch Yitzhak Ben Masha and all the other soldiers. We spoke about this. Between us, my son has joined the army. Big deal for me personally. Batzlacha Rabbah, he Amen. should be a strong Jewish warrior protecting Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Torah Yisrael. Amen. Beautiful. So we're going ahead now with from to success. Baruch Hashem, thank you very much. The Gun Aiden Shear. Yes, it is Gun Aiden. Ben Sian Klatsko says he loves the work we do. He's actually talking about me, but I mean, it's, we're all a team, so it's all good. Ellie Goldsmith, on, and also I was pushing out Shabbat.com as well, his wonderful website. Baruch Hashem, I have the God of Amunah and a few other of your books. They're all a treasure to me. What is Shabbos? Good Shabbos, which is Yiddish for Sabbath. This is someone asked, as Shabbat Shalom is peaceful. It means a peaceful Sabbath in Hebrew. So people were explaining in our classes exactly what Shabbos is. Maybe we'll discuss it as well as one of the keys to peace. And this person wrote, I'm a non-Jew. I don't know much Hebrew or Yiddish words. I just like to grow my amunah and love for Hashem and all the good that comes with faith. So that's a very important point that we have not just global, but it's also all kinds of people, not just Jewish people. As a Noahide, I can understand, appreciate that. That's what someone else wrote back to that person. I love Torah and learn so much from the rabbis and others. Mary DeHart wrote, Me too. I'm very grateful for the good things I've learned here and from other rabbis. How to become a better person and help create a better world. Then more and more people, Jews and non-Jews, can spread light and perform the Tikkun Olam. What, someone asked, what's Tikkun Olam? Yeah, you have an answer, Rabbi? Uh, tikkun Olam? Oh my God. <laughs> it's by... It... Tikkun Olam is God consciousness. That's how we make the world a better place, by Jews... Mm. Anyone who does not know the Hebrew, tikkun olam, is to fix the world. Unfortunately, there are many people who explain, oh, how do you fix the world? By helping the poor. How do you fix the world? By making sure poor villages in Africa have water. Those are all good things, but that's not tikkun olam. That's not how we fix the world. Jews are focused on fixing the world by developing the Kad consciousness, by helping people connect with their inner soul, because each and every one of us has a piece of... It's not a piece of God. God is infinite, but we have God is within each and every one of us. And by us connecting with this God consciousness and strengthening our belief, strengthening our lives as proud and strong Jews connected to Torah, that is how we fix the world. The more Jews who strengthen themselves, the more Jewish communities, the more Jewish schools, and obviously the more Jews coming to Israel, because it's from here that we are mitakein olam, by the Jewish people being in the place where God gave us, where the chosen people in the chosen land, we fulfill our purpose by being here. That's how we fix the world. It's so simple, and people amazing. take it to different ways, but it's so simple. Amazing, amazing. Avi, thank you. So then let's hear what the uh, the person on YouTube wrote. I don't think they are Jewish, but as I say, I think they're Noahite. They wrote, it's good to hear like different ways of this is part of the communication and we're hearing different views. Sure. It's sort of like repairing the world, they wrote. We could do this on an individual level by repairing ourselves and our relationship with Hashem. Pretty much the same kind of focus. Yeah, and, and I want yeah. to clarify, I'm yeah. not saying we shouldn't be helping the poor. We shouldn't be helping yeah. the poor villages in Africa. But that should be an outcome in each and every person striving to be the best person they can be. Amazing. You focus on yourself. You focus on your family. You focus on your children and your community. And then once you are strong in all those areas, then we're able to help the world and help the poor and help Africa, etc., etc. But it's those who just focus on Africa without strengthening their own personal relationship with God and their faith in God, that's where it's not fixing the world. You're helping the people, the poor people, or an African village, but you're not fixing the world, the true sense of the word. Amazing. So I think on that note, since we're now, like, we've, there is a bit more to read and say, but I think we'll give it a pause for a moment until uh, later on in the class. I want to hear now a bit more about Avi Abelo. How, how are you part of that Tikkun Olam about peace, bringing unity? And I mean, we see online and over the years, you've had a massive, massive following, massive impact, and you continue to. Can you please just give us an intro? And we are honored, really appreciate you making time in the busy weeks. Tuesday, it's not like a Sunday, like in the past, a bit more of a day off for, for the world. It's a busy midweek. You know, the president of America will be here tomorrow. There's a lot going on. Please give us an intro. 
with all the respect for the position of the presence of America yeah. talking about God and Amuna and, and, and bringing the Gaul of the redemption is much more important than oh. any human being oh. no matter how high a political position they have in the world so right. it is a pleasure thank you thank you so much for for inviting me Ellie it really uh, it really is my pleasure for, uh, to be here with you who is Avi Ablo? I don't know how much I'm in- impact I'm making but I do know that I'm taking advantage of the life that God gave me and the skill set and the knowledge and the faith that I'm always working on myself to use my voice in order to try to make whatever impact I can. So for those who are not familiar, I uh, I run a daily podcast vlog called The Pulse of Israel. I have my own website, pulseofisrael.com. Um, I have another website that's more newsy website called israelunwired.com. And I'm a big believer in Rav Cook's Torah of being Mekadesh Lechol, right? Taking the the mundane, the secular, and and infusing it with with holiness, right? Just to let people understand that concept on a little deeper level. Here we have a table, right? People could sit at this table and they can talk bad stuff and say say bad words and say lush and hara about people, and then basically they're just mis taking advantage of a table. Or we can be sitting at this table and be saying blessings and be talking Torah. And all of a sudden we're infusing holiness to this mundane table. So I look at the internet, I look at social media with all of the dangers that are out there that people use them for or or people are led astray by those mundane tools. They're in the world because God allowed them to be in the world, right? Everything, uh, everything is God's creation, or He's behind everything. So let's put some kedusha to it. Let's put 100%. some holiness to it. Let's let's use those tools with with holiness and use it to inspire, yes. just like what you're doing, right? That's Taking right. That's right. We're working on it. That's right. Exactly. So that and that, our wonderful followers can, you know, you can feel it from them. A hundred percent. Yeah, you It's the feedback. It's the process. It's it, not like a one man story. We all have to work together. That's why this class has to always be hopefully with a guest I don't want to sit by myself and do that and so I'm honored I mean if you want to return you're welcome the opportunity to really change the mindset of humanity uh, to a more positive place not where the media generally is heading right. which is more divisive right. can you give us a little bit of a history of your like journey online you know your platform and uh, the ups sure. and downs you've had with Facebook, YouTube, all those big networks sure. that we are also using as well. Yeah, I guess I'll start from the end and then go to the beginning. Starting yeah. from the end, just so people know, uh, I was last taken down totally by Facebook just a number of months ago. Not just me. Well, my wife was totally disabled. My employees were totally disabled. And this isn't new. We've been, I've been talking about censorship on Facebook and all the other social media platforms since 2016 well, when they first took down our posts and shut down our page with a half a million followers. Why? Because we had a meme that obviously people complained about that said it's called Palestine, not excuse me, it's called Israel, not Palestine. For that (laughs) meme, our page (laughs) Right. For that meme, it's called Israel, not Palestine. Our page of half a million followers was taken off of Facebook and disabled. And this was back in the year 2016. So I've been talking about, since then I was saying this is coming, always ahead of the curve, knowing what was happening. Not only that, back in 2011 when my partner and I set up our business and our, our our website was initially called Israel Video Network, which eventually Facebook and Google killed and we had to set up a whole new website called Israel Unwired. But when we set up our business in 2011, I told my partner, this is unbelievable that we are allowed to have our voice out there with the truth about the Jewish people, the land of Israel, because mainstream media, they put out their own narrative. It's not about the truth. It's about an agenda. No matter what issue it is, they are all agenda driven. Now that we're allowed a voice and alternative voices are allowed on these platforms to be able to be heard and seen by anyone, the day will come when we're all going to be shut down. To me, that was a vaday. It wasn't a question. This is 2011. Mm. And I remember I, I consulting clients, I used to help in social media for Israel, the Jewish people, different mm. projects, organizations. And they were all coming and telling to me, Avi, I don't need a website anymore. I just need a Facebook page. Can you help me set up a Facebook page? I'm like, what are you nuts? Are you mishigane? Yeah, your Facebook page is owned by Facebook. The day will come that they won't like what you're doing and they're going to shut you down. They, and even if that doesn't happen, they're going to control, they're going to change the rules. You have to have your own website. You have to have your own email list. You yeah. can't rely on, on other parties. Yeah. And people were like, no, no, no. But this was back in 2011, 2012. Sure, and this has transferred also to 
platforms like TikTok even because even though they're newer and they've had a tremendous massive growth spurt but I've seen myself slowly slowly filtering out and blocking like I had a video on our Laser Breslev which is our Breslev uh, TikTok and Laser G Brez or something like that it's on TikTok you'll see the link it's easy to find it so um, over there we had a, a group of Israeli soldiers dancing around Rav Oresh and they blocked it <laughs> what because Israeli what the the soldiers what what was political about right. that? the dancing of a holy man right. they're happy people you know they're not right. hurting anyone they're not punishing anyone there's no there's no oppression there's I don't see where the block what came from and I never got it unblocked right and there's no there's no one to talk to even yeah. in the official ways to up to appeal to, to, there's no, the no, channel's no. still there but it just straight it was like one of my first experiences it wasn't so long ago it was like about two years ago which is still at its quite infancy interesting it's happened once or twice as well with one or two other videos and so i've heard that tiktok also you know uh, one of my friends uh one of the guests actually we had ari lesser was in the house he had a few of his posts blocked as well on tiktok so yeah it makes total, even the new platforms sense. which we hoped would be a bit more free have also you know begun doing this kind of uh, oh and we're gonna get to that because yeah. we're thinking we think oh we'll have a little more freedom a little guys we get no freedom from mankind we get freedom from our kaddish baruch Hu, only from god we have, have our true freedom humankind. from our kaddish baruch Hu. <laughs> <laughs> mankind's already old school right? we'll, we'll get to talking about that later more yeah. more in depth yeah. but the bottom line is like i'll give this an example and then i'll go into how i got to this because i am not a media person at all um even though today i am but it was back in 2017 our we we were flying high we were so successful baruch hashem and i was thanking god every day and i was thanking mark zuckerberg every day because we were successful thanks to facebook we were getting around half a million video views a day like we were really one of the top 10 websites in the jewish israel space for a while uh, and then Facebook, Google, Twitter, we got shut down everywhere, and oh. they blacklisted our website. We were getting oh. no money, no traffic, no nothing. Unbelievable. And, but still to this day, so we're, we're, we're not that big anymore. We're much, much smaller, but I still say thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I say thank you to Mark Zuckerberg, even though I disagree with a lot of what he's doing. It's thanks thank to, you, Hashem. Uh, thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and thanks thank to what you, Mark. Mark allowed, <laughs> that he allowed me to develop to be what, what I became, to be big. Now I'm small, but even as small, I'm doing, I'm continuing. I wouldn't be here without, without wow. that. So it's Hakara Tatov. The, the, the key of life is Hakara Tatov. And even when bad things happen, and again, we had to downsize, our business was, 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 was taken for a hit. But you, you can't focus on the bad. You can't focus on complaining. You got to focus on, wait a second, everything's for a reason. Everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even the bad, that's when we have lo- when we have loved ones who even die. We say, Baruch Dayan Ha'emet, right? Blessed is the true judge. We don't know why things happen. We don't know why good things happen. We don't know why bad things happen. But even when bad things happen, we Jews have a blessing to say, Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. And then we take those bad things and then the challenge how do we deal with those situations if you just focus on complaining you're just focused on the negative you bring yourself down you bring everyone around you down but if you hold on to your amuna you hold on to your faith and you understand everything's happening for a reason whether i understand it or not how do i keep on going how do i keep people around me positive keep on going whether my employees whether my family whether my children whether my neighbors it's all up to us it's how what is our attitude HaKadosh Baruch is in control of everything. We're only in control of our attitude. That's it, our attitude. So we focus on that. And we were positive when we rebuilt our, we rebuilt our business and we developed in all different ways. Amazing. But how did I get into this? I actually, again, I have no background in media whatsoever. I was an organization. I'm an educator at heart. I wanted to be a mechanic. I wanted to be a teacher. Long story why I didn't become a teacher because I basically saw I wasn't going to be a good teacher in the Israeli school system because mm-hmm. I have a more of an American culture, right? I grew up as an educator in America. I saw I, I, might, I might be a good teacher in the Israeli school system, but I wouldn't be a great teacher. I wouldn't be maximizing myself. So I thought, what else can I do? Where else can I use my people skills, my education skills? So I decided to go to be an uh, organizational psychologist, and I worked in the business world in America for a number of years. I opened up an office for a, a global consulting firm in Tel Aviv, worked there for a number of years. And then the summer of 2005 came around, and um, I was very, very active against what I call the expulsion of Jews from Gush Katif and the destruction of Jewish communities from the Jewish communities of Gush Katif in Gaza. At the time, I was telling people, this isn't just going to ruin these people's lives and destroy these 21 Jewish communities in Gaza. This isn't just going to be bad for Israel. This is going to be bad for Jews all over the world, because when, when the world sees the Jewish state of Israel doing bad things to fellow Jews and destroying Jewish communities, 
in the land of Israel, that's going to lead to an uptick of anti-Semitism around the world because because non-Jews around the world who are anti-Israel or anti-Jewish, if they think, oh, wait a second, I have to be quiet about this and I can't be public. But if they see this Jewish state of Israel doing bad things to, to Jewish communities, then that's going to be a direct lead to the growth of anti-Semitism. And unfortunately, I think I was proven correctly. Hence, I was yeah. very active against it, not just because of the damage to the Jewish communities in Gaza and to the security situation of Israel, but I believe that would be a, a real bad thing for Jews all over the world. To make a long story short, the media was horrible coverage about it. They were portraying fellow Jews, good salt-of-the-earth Jews, farmers pr producing kosher products that were being shipped all over the world, even the yeah, non-Jews all over the world. Right? Mm -hmm. Gush Katif vegetables were being sold all over the world. The biggest per capita income for the state of Israel in the agricultural industry totally destroyed good people, good farmers, some of the most patriotic, Zionist, good, salt-of-the-earth Jews where their youth were so motivated, they all went to elite IDF units, and yet the media around the world, including Israeli media and Jewish media, portrayed them as enemies of peace, enemies of the Jewish people, therefore, that they would use arms against fellow Jews. I was like, oh, I'm a sugar now. I'm like, this is crazy. Some A tragedy, whether you agreed with the politics about it, you disagreed with it, but a tragedy was about to happen to fellow Jews. They were paying the price, right? 10,000 Jews paying the price for a political decision, and yet they were being lambasted by the media, uh, in the, the public atmosphere towards them, I'm like I, I, I couldn't I couldn't sit still with that, and I ended up yeah, producing a I, movie. I called, remember that whole time period I was here. Yeah, it was very very sad. Yeah. The division yeah. was very very sad, and I, I, it just hurt me so. And I, I, my passion for the love of Israel, the love of the state of Israel, the love of the Jewish people, and the love of truth was so strong. And even though I have no background whatsoever in media, in movies, in marketing, nothing. I said, I gotta make a movie about this. And it's a long story, and I speak about it when I speak at screenings of my movie, but I produced a movie called Home Game about the last basketball tournament, youth basketball tournament that took place that summer when they were being removed from their homes, a youth wow. basketball tournament was taking place. It's like mind blowing. The stories, a docudrama, the most popular, well, watched video about Gush Katif, the Gaza, the Jewish wow. Gaza Strip, ever, still watched every every summer, all over the year, Tisha B'Av, I'm three weeks, I'm contacted by communities all over the world how they watch it. Anyone who wants to see the movie, contact me for, for the link. Otherwise, you could just go to my website, IsraelUnwired.com, and put in the, the search bar, sure. home game, Gush Katif, home game, Gaza. You could watch the movie, powerful movie. Love to hear what you have to say about that. And after I made that movie, and I, again, I did this nighttime while I'm working in my, my tele-consulting job during the day, I'm like, wait a second, this is so important. There was no, this is back 2006, there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook. Well, there was small YouTube. Right? Yeah, it, it, video on the internet was in its infancy, and I'm like, wait a second, I, I got to do this. So I left my consulting job, my, my career in business in Tel Aviv, and I went to set up a nonprofit organization to focus on producing more Jewish value, Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Tarat Yisrael, value-based uh, videos and promote videos and, 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 uh, and, and, and have movie screenings and support other video and movie producers. And um, so that's what I did. So I left the business world, went into that. I learned Baruch Hashem, another Hakola Tova, you have to have a Muna, I'm a horrible fundraiser. I learned very, very... You can understand that. I learned so... Moonalive.com, partner now. <laughs> so uh, I just, after I, I failed in, uh, in, in gaining the, the necessary funds to keep myself sustaining for my family and everything, I ended up going to different business ventures, developed a Jewish YouTube startup. One business after another business didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. Finally, I met my partner. We set up uh, Israel Video Network at the time, now Israel Unwired, and it succeeded, Baruch Hashem. And that got me into the whole video for Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, using social media, one of the first on Facebook. I remember I was on Twitter. Oh, my God, I signed up for Twitter, I think, Twitter when it first came out. And it was, it was a desert. There was nothing going on. Nothing going. On. I think I was a. I was. I, I had an account for like two years before people started tweeting. Sure. I, today I hardly use it. It's a. It's a disgusting platform, and then they shadow banned me there also, so I hardly get anything off of Twitter. But uh, I was there in order to be Makadish the Chol, in order to bring kedusha, using these secular, mundane tools to try to bring kedusha and inspire people around the world. And that's what I try to do. And so today, um, I'm going to introduce a, a new concept. Maybe you haven't thought about, and probably have thought about, but let's see. Yeah. The tagline I've been putting in my own personal sites, like Substack and other places, I have, uh, let me just get the video on me on Facebook, I have, uh, it's called the United Souls. 
and the the tagline is getting anti-soulism global now anti-semitism anti-soulism tag, tag like the tag is anti-soulism anti-soulism okay. because my belief is oh, rather than getting focused in on uh, the, the semitism which is a more political physical way of manifesting our people and our message let's talk about the soul level okay. what do we actually really represent what is it that hitler machimo hated us so much about what was it not just the fact that we have apparently according to him we have big noses and all this this horrible stuff that he depicted on us but the the inner level was that he hated the consciousness, as he wrote in Mein Kampf, Machshamam, he wrote in his book, he wrote that we represent the consciousness of humanity. And that comes from the soul level. Right. That's the soul level. He can't solve all. He can't put up with having a people and a nation and any other nation that represents soul. Right. And he had to wipe that out, right. that consciousness of right. humanity the soul level of humanity. Right. And that's really the war that we have between such people, such leaders of Amalek or whatever they are. The leaders of the people who are called anti-Semites are really underneath. They're anti the soul. They don't want us to have spirituality. They don't want us to bring Hashem Yisbarach, his Amunah. They want to bring Amunah global. They're, they're fighting us. Right. So get anti-soulism so that we can understand that the real language that's going to save humanity is not just having an Israeli state but it's going to have a people that represent soul. So the people who live here aren't screaming at each other because they're angry because someone took their parking or everyone's on the road trying to get the one over the other. Right. The reality has to be that we're people of soul that we have to shine. We have to be a light to the nations right. and light to each other. Right. So it's an ch- actual transformation. Like I'm sure Rev Cook would talk about and other Siddiquim, Rabbi Nachman, and I'm sure Rev Shalom Morish as well, and like this book as well, in the Universal Garden Moon, it's all about getting these concepts uni- universal that everyone can understand. There's a l- new, uh, mutual language that we all can speak right. so we won't have these obstacles right. preventing us communication that's one of the big concepts of unity that we're going to hopefully go into in a right. minute and uh, so i appreciate your journey your mysterious nefesh like you you've done what ravarish talks about in terms of dedicating yourself to love of people and getting a muna getting the truth and putting it out on platforms which is a chiddush for a rabbi like ravarish to be public right, about that there's not so many public rabbonim who are who are willing to be on all the different platforms right. with a heksha like you know you know, but like in a in a way that's like other self. Like even I'm not there. Like yeah. I won't touch TikTok. TikTok <laughs> to me is like if Facebook is so bad, TikTok is TikTok. evil. Like I'm I'm not even touching that. Kilo, so so he he's even going fur, further than me. Yeah. But um, uh, we've got someone from Facebook reaching out from Germany. Oh, welcome, welcome yeah. to the Holy Land of Israel. And yeah. again, really like. This is the cent- This is the center of humanity. This is the center of, of the soul of mankind. I'm, I'm okay saying mankind, right? On your program. <laughs> I'm, I'm all good. I just tried not to say anything that's going to limit my reach. Okay. So humankind it, is where it's at right okay. now. Okay. In any case, um, uh, but yeah, welcome. This is, this is the center. This is Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the center of, uh, of the Jewish people, the center of the Jewish soul, the center of humanity. The redemption from all of humanity comes from here and, we'll con- and connecting it to... S- to your anti-soulism right now. Yeah. First of all, Jews say a very, very special bracha every single morning. Sure. Right? We thank God when we wake up in the morning for returning the soul into us. Meaning the soul, that is the the point, and this is what I spoke about earlier, that's the part, part of God, which doesn't really sound right, but that's a part within us that God's putting within us. He gave us the whole body. But every morning we say thank you for returning our soul. When we breathe, it's coming from our soul. We're sleeping at night and, and we're not breathing. Why are we not breathing? We don't, we're not breathing normally. Our soul is not in us. And all of a sudden we wake up, thank God we're breathing. That's our soul, right? That is what we're, that's what we're about. Anti-soulism, if you understand what's going on, Everything today is a battle against God. It's for people not to focus on their soul, not to focus on their godliness and the existence of God in the world. Everything, materialism, capitalism, socialism, communism, ism, 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 television, internet, everything is about us trying to pull ourselves into their world 
What's your new car? What's your new house? What's the latest thing that the Joneses have that I have to buy? What's the new television program? What's the new What's the new social media platform I have to be on? Oh my God, I'm on Instagram. What's this person doing? What's that person doing? What's this influencer doing? Instead of us focusing on the godly soul we have, we're being, it's, our soul is being pulled out of us into this war against God. And everything happening today, everything is a war on God. Whether it's things happening in the news in Israel, whether it's things happening in the news in America, whether it's the news in Germany and the Netherlands, it's all a war against God because ultimately, and this is how I explain it to people, and without getting into the details of what we're talking about, and it's all the different issues, all the different news items that are coming out that are in the news cycle today. We are today living in our generation's Tower of Bavel, right? Because what, what was the Tower of Bavel? The Tower of Bavel was mankind unifying to replace God in the world, right? If mankind is unifying to build this huge tower up to the heavens to prove to all of mankind, hey, we're as high as God, there is no reason to believe in a God. Believe in us. Believe in the power of mankind, of humans, and what we're able to do. Listen to us. No longer listen to God's commandments. Listen to man's laws, right? We are above God. We are God. Or women's laws. <laughs> or women's laws, right? It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. But it's all, uh, the Tower of Bavel story is all about mankind replacing God. Or What's those who don't have any gender. Right, all right, right. Man, man trust man, man, tr trust man-made laws. What's happening today? Whether it's the whole gender identity, racial craziness, identity, yeah. craziness, racial identity. We're supposed to listen to man who every day they change their minds, right? They change their own minds science. about how things are defined, yeah. right? Re re reinterpreting science, uh, and every day the 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 the, the border, the whatever, the lines are changed, the definitions are changed, and yet we're supposed to re rely on you. We're not supposed to rely on the God-given knowledge of the Bible that there are two genders. It's interesting. I'm going to go on the side for a second because there are some people within this anti-soul community or anti-God community who they try to use the Torah against us. They try to say, oh, in the Talmud, the rabbis talk about different genders. So the Torah believes in transgenderism. No, folks. And don't nobody take me out of context. That is one big lie. The Talmud does deal with certain biological differences. But there's still only one man and one woman, right? It could be that a man or that a, a man or a woman they have two different uh, physical, par physical parts, or it's it's confusing to see what physical parts they have. It's all about the physical. Mm -hmm. It's all about the man part or the woman part. The Torah, the Talmud, does not talk about different genders or transgenderism. That is unfortunately Jews usurping and misinterpreting and trying to uh, justify themselves yeah. for believing in falsehoods about this gender identity mishigas and using the using the Torah trying well, to defend the them. And it's concept, totally off. How do we get that though? The because this is obviously a controversial discussion that you know we tend to stay away from in our class. So how now, say you've put this, you've said this now, you've said this blurb, but how do we help now people connect to the message of unity and peace after there's such a message? Because the pain is real, like all the stuff you've talked about, like the struggle mm -hmm. to, to live in Israel with, with all the kinds of political and difficult things that have happened over the last, you know, since the start of the Medina, really. So in the beginning, it's always been fraught with danger and fraught with political, um, you know, division. And also the aspect of the, the reality of uh, you brought out the, the challenge with the online platforms that it's, it's uh, censoring and it's limiting ability for, for full on discussions like we're trying to have here. Or like if you go to, say, Joe Rogan, all these other podcasts, they're trying to have long form discussions, which is what you know, we feel is also a good idea for our platforms to have long form discussions so we can really get into subjects. And but there's still a censorship potentially that's going to take place. It may hopefully not these videos. We hope not. But the so far, so good. But still, we're you know, we have to be careful. 
So that that's another issue. And then the other issue we brought up um, when we're talking about Tikkanolam, how do we bring the world to its rectification? I'm just summarizing all the stuff that we brought out. Your own journey as someone who's, you know, been giving up so much of your uh, material success to help get the message of truth out to the world and you know that in itself is very respectful and a lot of our guests have been those kind of personalities who are on a mission and a higher cause and we you know we join together with those people because like yourself because we believe in that that it has to be something beyond ourselves and not just make paying our bills we have to do something beyond even though we do ask for your help partnership with moonalive.com but we understand we have to also Except, you know, sometimes it's not so easy and uh, keep going ahead anyway. Like this class itself, we're meant to have a whole team and a whole system and it's meant to be live on a fancy network. And okay, so we're doing it through the phones, we're doing it through the camera. We're accepting some of the challenges that are heading our way that it's not as successful as we'd hoped yet. But we're still optimistic. How do we help others who are listening in uh, deal with all these beautiful. challenges? And, and, I, and I refer back to the, the blurb about, you know, the one gender uh, becoming two genders, you know, the man and woman, this whole concept, like how do we give it over in a way, because we don't want to offend people because there's lots of people who do consider themselves, you know, all these different categories and there are lots of people in the world of all kinds of different ways of thinking that are challenging some of the stuff we just mentioned and that's why we tend to try always home in on something that's universal, but this point isn't. So what do we do with it that can be peaceful and be unifying and not end up with angry listeners, etc. Okay, great question. Beautiful, deep, deep question. Yeah. Listen, we can go into each and every issue, yeah. but I want to I want to keep this simple. And this is what I try to do. This is what I try to do on my own program, Pulse of Israel. Thank you. Uh, every day, because I take the issues of the day and uh, try to explain them to people, and very depressing, very scary issues. Uh, new laws, new new uh, new definitions that are totally changing our reality, right? In, in the in the world, and I try to. Uh, explain them to people and then give the backstory and then give them the inspiration and the positive to move forward with it. All right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give three, a three-step approach on how we should deal with this. First of all, like I said before, we have to understand everything we're experiencing today, everything mm-hmm. scary, all the bad news. It's all about a war against God. Hold on to that. Don't be scared by it. Why? Well, war sounds scary. How do we, like, because it sounds, I don't know, starts making us feel we're heading towards conspiracy theories and and more like, you know, controversial Listen, I'm not going to give any conspiracy theory out there. Right now, the Israeli government, the American government, and many other governments in the world are dealing with the potential of signing on to an international treaty that would allow the World Health Organization to have power to make decisions over all of our countries on how to deal with with pandemics, meaning countries willingly signing over their sovereignty. The international community, international organizations will have the power to do that. And this isn't one treaty. There's a second treaty, uh, the, the the Istanbul Treaty, which is about uh, gender stuff, gender equity, that again, the international community would have power to dictate to countries. And I'm involved in fighting it in Israel. And thank God we got our Israeli politicians not to sign that. Hmm. And again, just so people understand, what, wait, what, so a gender equity treaty from the international community, how bad can that be? Well... Turkey, where the Istanbul Treaty was even made, itself pulled out of that treaty, and it's not easy to pull out of international treaties. Why? Because the international organizations were fining Turkey for having separate schools for boys and girls, because that goes against gender equity. So we're not talking about a conspiracy theory. They had to leave the treaty. Exactly, but we're not talking about conspiracy theories. We're talking, and I'll give you a third example. I contacted some Israeli politicians who were signed on a potential basic law that would hand over powers to the international community to enforce things on Israel dealing with climate change. Why do, does any country, now I'm talking, I'm I'm a Jew, I'm an Israeli, why does any country want to willingly sign off its sovereignty to have its elected officials decide what's best for their country? To unelected international organizations. It's very scary. This is happening. This is no conspiracy theory. People want to say one world order, one world government. Use whatever terminology you want to use. But in practice, I just gave you three real world examples of how the international community is trying to take control away from countries so that international organizations are then running the world. Sometimes it's like so comical, like in a scary way, but it's looking like some James Bond's 
uh, evil character, like that uh, Hans, whatever his name is, Klaus. Charles, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Right, he sounds he, like a James Bond. Proper uh, James evil, Bond evil, evil guy. 100% he fits the role. 100%. Like global, you know, dictator 100%. from one of these horror, horror movies. That, 100%. So let me give, the, <laughs> I wasn't going to say this now, I was going to yeah. say this later, but I'll say this now and then I'll yeah. go back to the three-step approach sure. of how we stay positive and move forward. Yeah. You have to understand, everything's from God. It's all good. Let them move forward with and their one world with what government. Doing here exactly. Let the them Amuna book. let them push there. There we go. Definitely. The okay? Muna with the world. The Muna with the world. Let them push forward with their one world government with, with international treaties taking control over countries. Why? We should still fight it. We don't want it to happen. But what are they doing? They're developing the consciousness for a person in America, in Germany, in Israel, in Japan, in South Africa to be giving over themselves to an, a, a global entity that would rule them. As Jews, what does that mean for us? That's Mashiach. That's Mashiach. This evil plan to internal, internationalize things is part of God's plan to bring humanity to be ready to accept Mashiach when he comes. Right now, who wants Mashiach? I mean, Jews want Mashiach. But really, how many people are, are willing and able and ready to just give over, oh, they're this one entity that we're going to listen to all yeah. over the world? No one's ready for that. But these evil people with their internationalizing, one world government, whatever it is, plan, globalizing yeah. everything, those are the building blocks to prepare not just the Jewish people, but humanity for Mashiach. So we should fight them doing it, but they're preparing the building blocks. And again, it's all against God. They're doing, a, they're doing it with their it's agenda assault. against yeah. God for, for man and women to, with their man-made rules that make no sense sometimes and go against themselves and they change every day. But they should be the trusted ones instead of God. But they don't know it, but we do it. And now you know it. They're preparing the building blocks for mankind to be willing to accept God and God's uh, messenger of Mashiach to, to lead us all in the future. So that's that's the mindset we all have to be in. Amazing. So taking taking us back to the, what's the three I steps of positivity. I remember you saying this Sh Shabbos and Shabbat and it in the frat and it made a profound effect because you start to feel like where you know the Rabbonim generally aren't going there. Like right. I have heard from Sadiqim just to back it up from Torah source that there's a concept called Achdus um, Bechitzonius, like external unity. So like you have a fruit, you have the world, like the surface level of, of unity is happening through the internet, through globalization. But the our job, and once again, this brings back to the soul level, is to bring the panemius, the inner, right. the inner level. And that's the inner uh, light Like we're going to talk about. Um, please God, I'm going to be doing my class after this at 3.30. We're going to go deeper into this inner light, the new light, the inner will, the will of humanity, the soul level of humanity. We're going to discuss that aspect of ourselves that is the answer to how to not become external and, and lose the inner focus and lose the purpose of humanity. We have to get that back. Right, 100%. And and, and, okay, so, yeah. that, so I'll go back to the, three, yeah. to the three principles. These are the three principles to, to focus on in order to in order to move us forward, positive, and, and bring the gula, bring the redemption. Number one, understand everything going on is a war. Everything that these men and women powers are doing is ultimately a war against God. And then remember, you can't beat God. God always wins, just like the Tower of Bavel. It fell down. God dispersed them oh, all so around the world. Was, there was external unity there. It, there was, was external. It was external unity but to, for the wrong cause. But for the wrong cause, yeah. and it was against God. They're going to fail. Remember that. All this. Uh, all this. So we don't have to be scared. That's the point. Right. Don't be scared. I mean, it's scary. It is scary. So okay, it's scary. But as long as you re remember that what they are doing, whether it's regarding to food shortages, whether it's regarding to the medical insanity and tyranny taking place all over the world with governments, lock and step with international organizations, all these things are scary, 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 right? But so long as you remember that it's a war against God in order for man to keep on placing our trust in man instead of God, but they will ultimately fail because you can't beat God, that's your positive. Don't get scared. It's scary, but don't get scared. Then, step number two, after you have that, when you're talking to people at work, on the street, with friends, at the Shabbat table, and you're afraid of contentious subjects, don't run away from standing up for your truth. Don't run away. Don't. I'm, I am a big believer, and you could disagree. Don't run away from offending. 
If you believe in the tr- standing and uh, what in, in, in the truth, there are two genders. State the truth. I mean, don't don't insult someone. But the bottom line is when and step number two is one hand state your truth, but love everyone. Don't insult them. Don't love them less. Yeah. Don't disrespect them. Love everyone. Stand up for your truth, which is which is the truth. But love everyone. All right. Well, I think that's very consistent with a lot of the guests we've had who also represent that. And like next week, for example, in, in Tel Aviv, uh, Ben Shapiro is speaking. Right. And he's someone who does that. Obviously, he's more contentious and he stands up for truth of what he understands as truth. And, uh, you know, th- there are people out there in the Jewish world who are strong, but they are not many, I would say. Like we don't have a massive list of people like that. Right. We're, it's still so that does push people especially, like myself especially to be more active. in the leadership position yeah. who are afraid of their positions and and their constituents or followers yeah. or synagogue members yeah. getting upset at them so they stay away from the contentious issues but let yeah. me give you an example i mean i have personally haven't even been contentious so it's interrupt but and i still feel the leaders are scared they're scared also of anyone who's very soulful very focused on light and spirituality right. they're also scared not just of the of the more strong activist kind of personality they're scared of also people who will bring their students and their community to a more panemius place because then what does that mean they're more independent they don't need them as much because right. they have their soul connection right so i've seen that unfortunately and that's something which i'm personally never going to give into Right. I'm always going to have the independence that I have a soul and it's a gift from Hashem and I believe in myself 100% and I'm not going to allow the world out there to dictate my mission, my purpose. Right. Well, let me give a very real world example that I actually just posted the other day. Today, again, I'm going to touch upon this gender issue. We started with it. I'll continue using it as an example. Um, people are afraid to tell their friends or family that they believe there are two genders and the rest is a bunch of mishigas and people have issues and children now have issues and people are confused and they need help. And But but don't buy this one million genders and confusion in children, right? So people are afraid to say that. So this one woman, a mother, uh, posted how happy she was that she received these books that were all children's books for her own children and I guess her 11-year-old son uh, and it was all about that the children are rethinking re- about themselves and their identities and, and questioning and she was so happy and she started reading these books to her children and then she made another post the following week. Right? This is real world and anyone can go to my Instagram account and I posted it, right? The following week, this mother who believes in all that stuff and... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, diversity and inclusion with this mm-hmm. trans uh, uh, million gender stuff. The next week she posts, I think I made a mistake. My son right now right now is coming to me telling me he thinks he is a girl. But he's been a boy all his life and he acts like a boy all his life. But ever since reading these books, now he's acting like a girl. What am I supposed to do? Now, why is this mother in this position? Because she has no friends or family who are willing to stand up to her until now and say, you want to know something? Love everyone. But there are only two genders. You want to confuse your kid? For millions of years, there have only been two genders. God created two genders, male and female, Adam and Chava. You want to confuse your kids with having books like these in your house and reading them to him? But no one would say that to her. And now she, who was accepting and, and celebrating that, She's now double-thinking herself, but if she's a step too late when she's now dealing with a problem with her 11-year-old son. Yeah. So my thing is, again, this takes, this takes a lot of self-strength and a lot of emuna, a lot of faith in, your, in God. But I am a big believer. If, if you care about people, how can you not stand up for the truth? Do it in a loving way. Do it in a way where you respect them. But how do they listen but to it? That's the it's question. It's not about... It's, how do they couple? Because I, I have a lot of people I know who are on you know different spectrums politically and, and mentally and religiously, all the different things. They're all in different places. Thank God I have a large network that I'm friends with and grew up with and connect with. And I try always stick in a safe territory because I want to have connection with them. Right. But if I start pushing back on certain points, going down certain discussions, I'll lose potentially the relationship with them, which to me is much more important than the the, the uh, disagreement or however much they've been brainwashed by a certain media outlet or book or whatever or thought leader that's not on a good path. I, I, I can't fight that years of brainwashing, but I can 
represent what I believe is the truth. Right. Listen, this is a really, really important and deep question. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it comes down to what relationship? What You know your relationship with each individual person. With everyone, it's different. You won't necessarily talk or act the same way with each person. But again, the, the, the ultimate uh, basis is you love that person. You show that person you love them. You show them you respect them no matter what they believe, no matter what you disagree on. But my position is, unless it's someone who you know is so fragile that the second you say anything, even if you say it in the most respectful way that would just totally push them away and they'd cut you off forever, and therefore it really it won't do any good whatsoever to say something, unless it's something to that level of degree, if it's someone who you can talk to, even if you can get in a shouting match, but then you'd still hug each other and have a loving, respectful relationship afterwards, how can you not share the truth with them? Not that you're going to convince them today, but you don't know where they will be go in life or what things will happen that will then have them remember, oh, wait a second, Ellie told me this. You know what? Maybe there's something to him. And that could be a lifeline that could help pull him back. As opposed to if you never say anything, then, then they're just, they're, they're like out at sea and they're just floating further and further away. That's the, what, no matter how long your lifeline is, it can't reach them to be able to save them to come back. But again, I will return to what I said before. It ultimately depends upon your individual relationship and deciding how best to talk to this person, relative, friend, coworker. You know that person, you know your relationship. Not with everyone can you, but I, I believe ultimately respect is to, a two-way street. I want a close relationship with you. I love you. I respect you even though I disagree with you. If you were a true friend, then you will respect me even if you know I disagree with you. And I and, and, and this topic comes up and I state my opinion. I mean, I get this challenge all the time um, as about tshuva, that, you know, someone who's gone in the way of Torah and mitzvahs and spirituality and as a student of many Siddiquim, including Rav Oresh and Rabbi Nachman, but also Chabad and all the other beautiful paths, and people don't understand it totally until now. And maybe in some ways it's got more challenging because there's so much, they have more fuel to un- misunderstand and mis- and disrespect what I'm doing. Whereas back in the day, there was, there was less awareness of what the issues were in my world um, because the media was less. And also, I mean, there are issues, but those issues can be dealt with positively. Like you can make an amazing documentary about how the religious world is dealing with its challenges in a proactive way or you can make all these Netflix uh, documentaries which are just showing all the problems and issues and and putting a bad version and that's what people are watching and taking in on large right now well I think ultimately what people have to remember and this Mm -hmm. it's an answer but not a direct Mm -hmm. answer to your question because I'm going to move away from talking one on one with friends or family Mm -hmm. and we have to remember especially with public uh, programs well well, that is a public point because Netflix is public, so it's influencing oh, yeah, yeah. our people yeah. right? and the world on right, a massive right. level. Right. Now, I was going back to your question yeah. in terms of how to talk to individual people. Uh, ultimately, we have to remember that uh, on the one hand, there's more of a polarization today, but there is such a big sea of people in the middle. And by us not speaking the truth about all the different issues, we're losing the people in the middle. That that they're screaming, help me, help me. I'm being drowned with all this Netflix, Instagram, TikTok. My kids are being drowned. In their schools, we're being drowned. Help me, help me. And by people uh, with, with platforms not talking about the contentious issues with the truth to help save them, we're, 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 we're dooming them to, to, to go off and to see and be lost. On the flip side, there is a tremendous God consciousness awakening taking place. Yeah, that's that's the to me would really be the the right answer. Not so much because I don't want to feel like preachy, like I'm looking out and I'm going to save people. I I hear that comment all the time. People come up to Ravoris, you saved my life, you saved my life. Me tour. and even online, people, you saved my life all the time. Ravoris always says it because mm-hmm. he says it in his cute way with a smile. You saved my life. But the point is that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's coming with him. It's coming from such a pure Muna, such a Emma. It's not like ego. You know what I mean? Right. So it has to be done with what you were saying now on the flip side with the soul level, like meaning they have there's an awakening coming from people rather than like 
we're above them, you know, helping them. They're like, really, there's an awakening, and all we're doing is just providing the path when they're when they're waking up. So you gave to wake me a... them up is a very delicate thing that Hashem Himself does most of that. So first of all, yes, people are waking up because things are getting so bad. Yeah. That my, people are like, what's and going I on? Woke up. I used to, right? I used to trust my politicians. I used no to one trust. No one brainwashed me. No one right. preached to me. I right. woke up because Hashem just sort of took me on a journey. Right. No, like, but people used to trust politicians. Yeah. People used to trust the media journalists. People used to trust doctors more. I mean, I'm sorry. I respect doctors for everything they do with what they know. But if anything, this latest two year and a half years of pandemic craziness has made many people wake up realizing that the doctors are human too and many of them don't know what in the world they're talking about and pushing us to do certain things. Sure. And many people are waking up and realizing, wait a second, I, I, I can't trust this doctor on this issue? What else can't I trust? Like, I'm not telling people not to trust doctors. Like, you broke your leg, go to a doctor to get your leg fixed. You have a heart problem, go, go to your cardiologist, okay? Like, but on certain things, if a doctor is not willing to answer hard questions about about life and death issues dealing with today's situation that we're living with two and a half years, then go to a different doctor about that issue. Go to a doctor who will answer those questions, no matter how challenging they are to the narrative we're being given. But many more people do not trust the medical establishment, do not trust doctors ever before. And the many government people, that are and pushing the, it. And the government that are pushing and the politicians. And the pharma and the media. Right. And it's causing yeah. a whole awakening. Yeah. Going back to nature, going back to nat natural alternatives. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends doing that. Now. Right, like going yeah. back to, 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 to what grandma, grandparents... They're not coming to, to Judaism, but they are coming to all those things. Right, right. But And Judaism has that stuff as well. I mean, we have it, but we're not so good at uh, representing it, in my opinion. Right, we, right. Like We've discussed it here. We had my father talking about promoting Amuna. Like, how do we promote Amuna? We promoted Live Aid and sold millions of T-shirts. How do we promote, you know, and that was saving people in Africa. How do we promote a MUNA that actually will be high-level impacts, right. not low-level, which is where we're at still now? Right. And again, your segue is to point number three, yeah. right? I said I had the three-point the three plan sure. of uh, to moving to, to positivity. One, understanding everything going on today, which is part of the wake-up process, is a war against God, and they're going to lose. God's going to win. So hold on to your positivity. Mm -hmm. Number two is... Uh, uh, Stand up for your truth, but with love and respect to everyone, no matter how much you disagree with them. And then step number three, grow your amuna. Wow. Every day, work on your amuna. Work on your faith in the one above. That's the three-step plan to one, be positive, have a good positive environment for your home, for your kids, and three, to help bring the redemption. The three-step plan. And bringing plan. redemption is, is, seems like it's coming more from within. Like, we can't measure the success. 100% it's from within. We can't measure YouTube likes and Facebook 100%. Because if, say, we've got 80,000 watch this class on Facebook, how much do they really watch it? Like, to really listen, to really internalize the, those three points, beautiful points that you brought up, Avi. How do we see people really internalizing? It's going to be like what we're doing, and we've realized that that's a lot of our work, is the actual one-on-one, -on -one per, person to person. Like, it's actual more real connection that we have with our following and with the people that we're connecting with. Right. It's not such an external, successful... Right. And, and the point that, on a, yeah. a, on a tangent, the point I yeah. give over to people is all these three points, right? Mm -hmm. uh, understanding everything going on today is a war against God and God's going to win, so you're on the winning team. If, number two, uh, stand up for your truth with, with love and respect to everyone. And three, grow your emuna. Um, all those things... What was the point I was trying to make? I forgot. Well, help bring the redemption. Oh, so that, all... For sure. All th oh, I, I want to just mention why why you cap get your thoughts back. It's something that we spoke about when we met together before this class that helped initiate this class. And uh, those meetings are very special. I want to mention something really important. Avi, please God, will put out a book soon. Is that correct? Yes, writing I'm working on a book. book. Yes. So we're going to hear more just before we end off the class about his book and the future plans from Avi. It's very important to, to support people like Avi and the feedback that I was going to get into, I'll do in my second part of the class when I do my own class. So we'll save that for later. So join us at 3.30 where we'll go more into the new light. We'll get deeper into that and also the feedback of you guys and anything else that came out from this class. We'll go over it again together like as a revision of what we discussed and what you mentioned we really appreciate now the concept of getting out a book is really powerful because we see that the Rav Oresh, he influenced people through the book 
that was his bestseller. That's what blew up Ravorish globally, yeah? The next issue is how do we, right now, how do we also help impact people on a practical level that they can grow their Muna? So another point is you coming in person to meet with people. That would be another point, doing tours, getting the book out to people. If it doesn't, if we can't do it in person because of whatever rules there are, then we can do it through Zoom, we can do it through online tools. Get the message to people personally so they're experiencing your light, your message, using your sphere of influence, growing your sphere of influence, because I believe growing a minute also means to grow that around you. It shouldn't just be within. Right it should impact externally as well with all the people because really we're all souls. Right. So we need to unify more together as well as right. people. Right. And that itself is Eretz Zorai Lamuna. This is a land that grows Amuna. Right. So we're here growing our Amuna. Right. So we're having challenges, yes. Personally, the way I've been feeling the last few days, it feels like the opposite of Amuna. Yeah? Like I've been going, you know, you have your wax and wane, you're up and down, you know, wax on, wax off. Amuna is good, is not good right now. Like it's up and down. So the point is, how do we stabilize it? How do we be more consistent with it? Constantly pushing with it, growing with it. As Rav Arshaw says, Tainli Amuna, give me Amuna. It's always asking Hashem, help me have more Amuna, help the people around me have more Amuna. You know, this is something which is, it's a real journey. And this is, this booklet will help, meeting with the king, all these different tools that we have on Breslev.com, all our sites. We're trying to help people have the strength to do that. Right. But to end off, what would you say, like, as a final message and as your future goals as Avi Abelo and with Pulse of Israel and all the other amazing things you're doing? How, how just give us that extra, uh, like, push. The bottom line is, is go, and, and, and my thought came back to me, the, and this goes to your, to your soulism. We're supposed to, we're not supposed to be selfish people. But we're supposed to be selfish in terms of our relationship with God and focusing on our soul and developing our connection with God and developing our, our, our faith. It's understanding that we help the world and we help mankind, humankind, by being the best people we could be connected to God. That's how we help humanity. And again, we're talking to Jews and non-Jews. If you're a Jew, well, the best way you do that is by as best as possible following the Torah and living in the land of Israel. This is our purpose. We're the chosen people in the chosen land. This is God's plan is for us to be here in order to make a difference of humanity, in order to bring the redemption. You're supposed to be here. We're here. This is where we are living the miracles every day. And if you're a not, if you're a non-Jew, if you're not Jewish, you don't have to be Jewish. Be a non-Jew. And you strengthen yourself with the seven Noahide laws and your belief in God. And by you developing this God consciousness, God awareness in your home, with your spouse, with your children, and you talk about it and you look through everything going on through that prism. No matter when, when a scary thing in the news comes up, say, sounds scary, but obviously it's all part of God's plan. Trust God. He's going to win. And then go out of the house with a smile on your face, not scared about what's going on, but empowered and invigorated and inspired to make your life that day the best and most powerful it could be because Amazing. you have that God consciousness. Amazing. And uh, please, God, the book, and I hope it'd be the first of a number of books. I got a number of ideas. And it's all about trying to get people the politically incorrect truth with this God consciousness, awareness that's beneath the surface. It's there. And people are waking up each and every day. More people are waking up. Every, usually everything we read in the media or see in the media, the truth is the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. right? And it's about helping people peel back behind the lies that we're told about everything, whether about Israel, whether about the health situation, whether about one world treaties, all this stuff. Usually they know how to make these they turn and use these wonderful concepts. We're here to look after you, after your health, after the environment, right? And in the reality, it's all about their power and taking control and not about you and about you trusting man instead of trusting God. But as long as you stay strong and you go, no, 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 I'm going to question you because you're a man. You're a man. God created you. The only one I can trust blindly is God. You, I'm going to question. I'm going to ask a hundred million questions until I get the answers that make me secure that I can trust what you're saying right now. 
And even if I trust what you're saying right now, but the next thing I'm also going to ask 100 million questions. Because just because I trust you on X doesn't mean I'm going to trust you on Y. But you know who I can't trust on X, Y, and Z? God. Wow. Amos. What a way to end the Muna class 78. Kala Kavod Rebavi. Rebelli. We should sing a song if we can. You have a song. Ashrainu or something. Ashrainu, Matokhakeinu. Ashrainu, Ashrainu, Keep sharing our classes. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we'll see who will be our 79th for Muna class. Our double Tuesday extravaganza. Join us later in a few hours with myself. We'll go over some of this. And please go more. And wonderful, wonderful week. Enjoy Shabbos. Another Shabbos. Oh. Amen, amen, And the amen, three amen. weeks begin. Let may it be turned into days of Mashiach. To party time. May party the, time. The, the, the sad days of the three weeks in Tisha B'Av be turned into the three biggest party huge weeks time of party. ever as soon yeah. as possible. Amen. The biggest party we've ever seen. Amen. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for so much for having me, Ellie.